Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com, with, joined by Super Dad, Brad Allen. How's it going? Good. i got to give my weekly update. Any uh, sleep getting any better? Uh, it's getting a little bit better, yeah. A little little by little. We'll get there. Someday. I saw some good pictures on uh, Facebook. You and Amanda are smiling. Everybody looks happy. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That That's was after good. the coffee. That was after lots of coffee, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys doing the energy drinks? Or no, you... not quite yet. No. All right, all right. <laughs> Great topic today, Brad. I'm really excited about. And, and I think it's a question. It's a kind of a, a fun uh, poll we're going to talk about here, but... I think it bears a bigger question, right? Uh, how much do folks know about retirement? How much do people really know about the different topics they might want to know to make sure they have a strong income plan? We've talked about it a lot, right? Number one question we get in the office, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? You know, there's so many dramatic, sometimes scary commercials we see out there. And, you know, how do we start to take some of the fear out of it? We talk about our firm being an education first firm. And that, you know, is quite literally, right? How do you educate yourself? How do you get your arms around the basics? And make sure you're working with somebody that's really going to help walk you through that and give you the data you need to make good decisions, right? And this poll, I think you'll find is interesting, Brad. In a recent poll of about 2,500 people, only 2% passed. Wow. 2%, right? And and. I guess, are you surprised that such a small percentage passed? Well, first of all, is that graded on a curve? or? <laughs> well, for you, we might need to do that, Brad. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not really all that surprising. Considering the state of retirement savings today, one of the most concerning stats out there is that almost 40 million American households don't have anything saved for retirement. That's a huge number. Uh, that statistic comes from the National Institute on Retirement Security, who put this quiz together. We should also mention the quiz is pretty detailed, so it, it is kind of a difficult quiz to pass. You know, when you're in the industry, some of these questions might seem like they're, they're easy questions, but if you're not in it and you don't do this every day, it, it might not be an easy quiz to pass. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's, you know, you bring up a good point. It's fair to say, you know, uh, investments, numbers. I mean, oftentimes in a couple, I'll have, you know, one of the two, either the wife or the husband that's more into the finances and the budget and making the investment decisions. And it's not always everybody's cup of tea, right? Right. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one person doesn't want to touch the finances. They haven't done, you know, anything within that. That's where people get in trouble, though, because if anything happens to that spouse that that handles all that stuff, uh, one of the most important things that you need to do ahead of time is put everything in one spot and put it together. Make a list of where everything is, because I've dealt with, you know, families who, who lost a loved one. And that loved one handled all those finances, and it can be tough to find where the life insurance and the the different accounts and all that kind of stuff are. Yeah, definitely can. And, and you know, let, let's say even we're, though we're maybe meeting with a couple quarterly, oftentimes the one that's just not into it, right? They don't show up for the meeting. And I always ask my my couples at least once a year, you know, hopefully more, but at least once a year, can I have that other spouse come in, or even can I have a little bit of time on the phone? I don't have to get too technical if they don't, really don't want to dive into the weeds, but, you know, can we at least cover from a high level, this is what's going on, this is what changes, if any, that we've made, this is what we're projecting, we're trying to accomplish these goals, just so they don't feel completely in the right. dark, because, you know, God forbid, as you mentioned, someone passes away, in particular, if they pass away sooner than we hoped, you know, something unforeseen happens, now you're dealing with all of that emotional turmoil, and then on top of it, you're trying to get your arms around a topic that you really haven't been on top of or privy to for a number of months or, or years or sometimes decades. I mean, it can be a stressful enough time as it is just, you know, dealing with the loss and, you know, trying to figure out the finances is a, a really tough thing. So, you know, at Drake and Associates, when we put that retirement plan together, that's a big part of the retirement plan. Not only, you know, uh, how long does your money last, but it, there's a list in there of, of where everything is, what, you know, who you're working with, all that kind of stuff is important. You want to have it in one spot. And and let your spouse know where where you keep that information. Yeah, for those that don't feel very educated, we have some great classes coming up. Unfortunately, and we're lucky we're on the radio, nobody can throw anything at me. August has already filled up our classes. I apologize, but we do have some great classes in September. We're going to be out in the Delafield area on September 12th and 13th. Easiest way to see the upcoming lineup, and we do need you to register ahead of time. They will fill up. They They always have over the last couple of years. You can visit us at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. You can view it online. You can register right online, a calendar, or you can call the office, 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226, and and we can get you registered as well. So when we get back from the break, I'd like to talk a little bit about maybe, maybe, Brad, what we should do. Let's just grab some of the questions from the quiz. We'll dive into some of the answers, and and maybe some folks will – get enlightened a little bit on what the answer should be if they got it wrong. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates. WealthWisconsin.com joined by Brad Allen, my uh, buddy here. Yeah. A little Happy tag Saturday. team on this. Uh, we got an interesting poll. Yeah, nice Saturday quiz for everybody. Yeah, who wants to do it? <laughs> My kids are uh, getting ready to go back to school here this week, and uh, I got some unhappy kids and a very happy dad. <laughs> a little more time on your hands. That's on. right, a little bit earlier bedtimes, and right. I got to wake up earlier, so I'll have some grumpy <laughs> kids this week, but we'll get through it. But we're talking about a retirement quiz that came out recently, polled uh, 2,500 people. And only 2% of the people pass. So I wanted to dive in and talk about some of the questions and, and run through them. So, you know, people that are having trouble with some of these topics 
hopefully we can enlighten you and educate you educate you on that you know it's really important to me we talk about being education first firm it's not that you need to, everyone needs to be a certified financial planner but i think it's a time where you have to be your own advocate you have to be educated i think gone are the days i don't like that old relationship you know brad i get to teach classes to other advisors and i talk about this to my students a lot I don't like the, the relationships where the advisor say, oh, you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Or you haven't saved enough money, you need to do X, Y. Well, that's fine, but why? Show me why I'm going to be fine, right? For me, at least, hearing you're going to be just fine doesn't help me sleep at night. And We all seem, when it comes to finances or retirement, we seem to have that one burning issue that wakes us up at 3 in the morning, you can't go back to sleep. Well, let's address that with numbers and facts instead of, you know, maybe fears and emotion to make sure that people are, are feeling more comfortable. So let's jump in. The first question on the uh, poll, Brad, was for people born after 1959, and this one will be right up your wheelhouse, you'll see in a second, what is the full retirement age when it comes to Social Security? Yeah, a lot of people probably got this one wrong, thinking that 65 is the full retirement age for Social Security benefits, which it has been for many years. However, starting with people born in 1938, full retirement age has gradually been increasing. So at this point, 67 is the maximum full retirement age for people born 1960 or later. That makes 67 the correct answer for this question. Uh, Now, you can claim benefits as early as age 62. That has not changed, but your benefits will permanently be reduced. Claiming your benefits early can also impact your spouse if you pass away first. So uh, his or her survivor benefits will be passed on and, and reduce your benefits. The higher of the two benefits is the one that stays when one spouse passes. So the longer you let that sit and grow, that's going to be that's going to be there to hedge against inflation down the road for that remaining spouse. Uh, there's also uh, a benefit to waiting past your full retirement age to claim Social Security. So it grows eight percent per year after the age of 67. So 8%. It's a big growth rate, right? When you're looking at that versus a CD at the bank or something like that. So something you want to definitely sit down with somebody, whether it's us or somebody that can help you put a social security strategy report together and show you if you did it this way versus this way, what makes the most sense. Yeah, I think that's important. It's a tough topic. I think at least, you know, my clients have found that it's one of those areas. It's difficult to get information. It's difficult to get the right answers. And uh, that's one of the topics we're going to cover at our classes coming up in September. Again, uh, August, unfortunately, is filled up. But you can see those September dates out in Delafield at WealthWisconsin.com. But one of the topics we're going to talk about requirement of distribution, Social Security, taxation, and new tax bill, and how they all fit together. And and, uh, there's a number of different ways to turn on Social Security, right? Yeah, 500 different ways. 500. Okay, can you start with number one, Brad? Sure, let's go. (laughs) We'll be here till next Saturday, (laughs) right? But no, we'll cover some of the, you know, the top ways to turn that on and the most effective ways to turn that on and, and show you some different strategies there. But I think it's important to do that. And you know, I'd like to always encourage people to start to think about Social Security as an asset, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, it'd be pretty hard, maybe, I guess, impossible. I guess that's a little bit of a strong word, but I I would argue to say it's impossible to find a guaranteed product that's going to grow at 8% a year. Right. I mean, that's a pretty phenomenal growth rate. Now, there's some other factors, right? Like, do I have longevity in the family? Maybe, unfortunately, you have some some medical issues, you know, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Obviously, if we're going to 
not take a benefit up front. We're losing dollars initially to get a bigger benefit later. So there's going to be some time to make up for that difference in what we call a break-even point. And that's normally around what age, Brad? Usually about 82. So if you live beyond 82, then from a pure dollars and cents standpoint, you're better off waiting. Right, correct. You know, so it's important to calculate and look at that. Does that mean it's the right choice for everybody? To delay it? No, not necessarily, but it should be an important part of the conversation and it should be an important part of the overall plan that you look at. So I think that's really important. In fact, I think this is an important enough topic, Brad. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about Social Security additionally and some of the other traps and catches, if you will. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. we got Brad Allen here. And as always, I always like to take a moment, Brad. You know, I think folks uh, obviously... You know, these beautiful, uh, I guess summer, some are better than others, but, you know, this nicer weather is dwindling, and, you know, we certainly appreciate the fact that you have a lot of listening choices and, and appreciate the fact that you're taking some time to spend a little bit of that with us. And our goal is always when we talk about education first form, we mean that quite literally, is that you listen to the show, hopefully pick up something new that you can apply to your retirement plan, and, and uh, hopefully listening and uh I enjoy. guess unplug, enjoy, right. but maybe learn a little bit and, we'll, and walk away with something new. So we were talking about th- this recent poll about retirement topics that was given to about 2,500 people, and only 2% of the people passed that test. And we got to talking about Social Security, and one of the questions I found interesting was, if your full retirement age is 66, now we know depending on birth years, it's going to range from 66 to 67, but let's assume it's 66. And you withdraw Social Security benefits at the age of 62, early benefits, by how much, Brad, is your benefit reduced? Well, this specific question applies to anyone born between 1943 and 1954. So this group is of people whose uh, who's full retirement age is 66, but similar principles can be applied to, to other age groups as well. The answer is that... The retiree's benefits will be reduced by 25% if he or she starts collecting four years before full retirement age. So if full retirement age is 100% of your benefit, by taking it early, you're going to reduce that benefit a little bit. So if you're born after 1959 and your full retirement age is 67, your benefits will be reduced by 30% if you file at age 62. Wow, that's a pretty significant reduction. Yeah, I mean, you're going to take less over time, and, and sometimes it makes sense to do that. Let's say you have a couple, and, and one person you know wants to take Social Security right away. They want to do traveling. They want to use that money for the, the fun stuff in retirement right away. Maybe the other spouse, the higher of the two, lets it grow at 8% per year. Because if you're working towards that survivor benefit, the higher of the two is the one that stays. So when one spouse passes, that bigger one's going to be the one that stays anyway. So a lot of times it makes sense to take Social Security right away, but it has to work in the overall plan. Now, if somebody's elected that early benefit and taken a 30% reduction, and let's say for whatever reason, maybe they come into some money or they just, whatever, at a later point, I said, boy, what did I do that for? 
Is there any way you can grow it, or am I stuck now forever? Well, this is a big thing that gets missed by a lot of people. So when you turn Social Security on, you're what they call deeming yourself in, and that means that whatever you're taking is going to be your forever number. Now it's going to go up with cost of living adjustments and things like that. Uh, But a, a strategy a lot of people are not aware of is at your full retirement age, you can stop taking Social Security. They call it suspending it, and you're not going to take anything. You're going to take a goose egg for a year or however long you decide to do it, uh, but it's going to start growing again at 8% per year. So you have that option to do that. Let's say you take it early. You decide, well, I really don't need the money. It's pushing me into a bracket I don't want to be in right now. You can stop taking it after your full retirement age. That's a great strategy. That's strategy number 396, right? right? That's right. But No, that is a great one. I think a lot of people just aren't aware of that you can absolutely do that. And, you know, I think this picture, when you talk about it, you know, it can sound so confusing. It's not just about how many dollars am I getting from Social Security. We talked, you know, in the past extensively about, you know, what I call the income stool in retirement. And, you know, it's a three-legged stool. Maybe you remember when you were a little kid, at least I had one. And, you know, I would climb up on it to brush my teeth in the morning and at night. And imagine those three legs and that your income in retirement is supported by pension if you're fortunate enough to even have one. One leg is Social Security, and the third leg is the nest egg. Well, it's beyond, obviously, more Social Security helps, right? Because if I have more Social Security, I can take a smaller amount out of my nest egg to meet my needs, answering that question, do I have enough money? If I'm taking a smaller percentage out, that money lasts a lot longer. The other part to that, though, Brad, I think a lot of people miss is taxes, right? If I can substantially reduce my, not just this year, but if I can reduce my tax bill over the next decades to come, then I don't have to take as many dollars out, right? If it's all taxable in a high bracket, I have to t- and I need a thousand a month. I have to take out a lot more than that to satisfy the, the Uncle Sam as well. That's why this is the topic we're going to be talking about. This, uh, excuse me, not this month. We're filled up. I apologize. But next month in September, on the twelfth and thirteenth, out in Delafield, we're going to be talking about Social Security, how to maximize it, required minimum distributions, how to control the taxation on those. And are there some things you can do to take advantage of this new tax code, right? What can we do there to make sure we're paying not just this year, but again, for decades to come as little taxes as possible so our nest egg lasts a lot longer. You can register right at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com or by calling 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Preparing you for the ultimate vacation. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com and of course, we have my sidekick, my buddy, Brad Allen. How are you this afternoon, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent. Kind of a fun topic. A little yeah. bit silly, maybe, but there was a recent poll of about 2,500 people, and only 2% passed this test. Not that surprising, frankly. I think a lot of folks come in, and and you know certainly, the, the I guess, the gamut is fairly wide, right? We have clients that have spent a lot of time you know, maybe managing their own 401k. They're very educated. They feel very comfortable with, with making investments, but maybe they're approaching retirement. They decide, boy, now it counts, or they decide, boy, I can't make a mistake, or maybe I just don't want to spend my retirement staring at a screen, right? right. Or 
oftentimes it's it's you know trying to establish a relationship because the other spouse is not as into it or your spouse won't let you stare at that's you. right that's right your spouse says get off that smartphone right we're at the beach don't stare at the stock market uh, maybe that's it. But um, we always encourage folks, you can send in questions. Uh, we, we get a number of questions uh, throughout the week, and we don't always have time to highlight them all, but we'll make sure to respond to you individually. But you can send those to radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And I got one this week, Brad, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is not that it's overly complicated, but it's asked a lot you know a lot of i've heard this number of times over the years and the question is something to the effect of you know i i'm now getting ready to retire i'm just retiring and i have two choices in my retirement account i can take that guaranteed monthly income that pension or i can roll out a lump sum and deal with it on my own what in the world do i do brad well, the first thing I always say, congratulations, you have a pension. Those that are, right. are starting to go away a little bit, and now it's more 401ks, things like that. But whenever there's a, a lump sum option in a pension, what you have to look at is how much they're willing to pay you out on a monthly basis versus how much they're giving you in that lump sum. So you have to look at what's called a, the payout percentage. So if you took the lump sum pension and you put it into something that would work for you in the market, or if you put it into something like an annuity that could create an income stream for you later, at what point can you create an income stream that's that's close enough to that that actual monthly pension that they're willing to pay you? And you know we do a lot of back testing and in, in pension options and, and strategies here at Drake and Associates, and a lot of times I'll tell you that the the monthly option is usually a pretty good option. Number one, they're willing to pay you the rest of your life, uh, you know, however long you live on a monthly basis. And we've talked about in the past, but the happiest people in retirement are not the ones with the biggest nest egg uh, per se, but the ones with the most income coming in on a regular basis. So that might be something to think about, but that's what you do when you're, when you're trying to figure out the math is take that lump sum pension. And yeah, you could put that in the market and the market could jump up 20%, but it could also go down. You know, so how aggressive do you want to be with that? And and definitely look at what they what they call that payout percentage. How much are they willing to pay you on a monthly basis versus putting that money into the market? Yeah, I think you bring up two great points. I've seen some pension options where we're able to go to the private market and create a guaranteed income stream at a better payout percentage. And then I've seen some that are just untouchable, right? So it's not always the same answer for everybody. But I think you hit on a bigger point, too, which is often missed and that's risk tolerance right i mean some people may say well boy i won't even bother looking at a guaranteed product you know i want to keep it invested in the market and i'm just going to live off the interest or the earnings over the years or whatever the case might be and that may or may not work but it comes down to risk tolerance you know do we have the stomach you know uh this week marked the longest bull market run in history and you know when I guess it's not a question of if it's a matter of when the correction comes, how bad is it, and when does it come? But when when that comes, you know, do you have the stomach to ride that out, right? Because somewhere along the line, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, uncle, somebody said, you know, buy low and sell high, right? So now the market corrects. You're up at night. At, you know, the example I gave at three in the morning. You can't sleep. You're worried. You know, there's a lot of really interesting psychological tests where folks look at it and the market starts to turn and there's fear and there's anxiety and panic. And, you know, most people sell at the worst time and that's right at the bottom of the cycle. Um, the 
I was going to say the good part about a downturn. I don't know if that's the right language, Brad. But, you know, usually immediately following a downturn or correction is those big periods where the market takes off, right? So if you sold at the bottom, then the question is, when do you get back in? How do you time that, right? And market timers typically don't do very well. I mean, if you think about, you know, the more strategic advisors like Warren Buffett, they're talking about buying quality things or buying indexes and holding them for a long time. So we don't want to have somebody in a portfolio that is just outside of their comfort zone when it comes to risk tolerance. And now, you know, they're selling low. Of course, in a good market, everyone says, I want all the risk, right? But then when the market loses, I don't want to lose anything. Well, that product doesn't exist, unfortunately. So it's about aligning your risk tolerance with the right portfolio to meet that. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. Joined by Brad Allen, of course, and we're discussing a poll of a, a couple thousand people and only 2% passed the test and some fairly basic retirement questions. And our goal, obviously, as an education first firm is to help folks feel more educated, a little bit more confident about their retirement plan. And we got into some great questions about Social Security. We were talking a little bit about, you know, what is full retirement age? We talked about that 8% growth if you delay it. And, you know, a big question I get, you know, pretty often is, is Social Security taxable? Well, the question is yes, but then you get, well, I guess it should be yes, it can be, but then is it taxed at the federal level? Is it taxed at the state level? Is it taxed at both? Well, these states can tax Social Security benefits. That's Colorado, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Utah. The question is, you know, can Wisconsin? Uh, no, so Wisconsin's not on the list, but that doesn't mean that we're we're clear of federal taxes. Up to 85% of the Social Security benefit could be subject to federal tax depending on your income. Uh, so if you do owe taxes on Social Security benefits, you may have a couple options. You can have them withheld from your checks, or you can uh, make quarterly estimated tax payments. The breakdown of who will owe taxes and how much is pretty complicated to go over in this radio show, but uh, you likely won't have to worry about federal taxes if you only have a small income outside of Social Security. So they use a formula of what's called provisional income. In that, they take your gross income for the year, which which could be uh, required minimum distributions if you're over the age of 70 and a half. It could be pension income or rental income, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then they take half of what's coming in from Social Security and any municipal bonds, tax-free kind of things, that kind of stuff. They add all those numbers together, and that's what they call your provisional income. Um, so if you're married filing jointly, the first 32000 that you make in a year is not taxed for Social Security. Anything from 32000 to 44000 will be taxed at 50%, and anything over and above 44000 will be taxed at 85%. So that brings the question, Tony, is, is how can we reduce the Social Security taxes right. in retirement? So, And that's one of the topics we're going to talk about at our class coming up in September. I think it's a pretty timely question, you know, seeing that we have a new tax bill, right? And, and, you know, folks are, you know, wondering for individuals, you know, there's a tax cut, but remember, it's only eight years. If nothing's done between now and then, it automatically bumps back up. But on September 12th and 13th, we're going to be out in the Delafield area 
um, talking about Social Security required minimum distributions and these new tax codes and potential tax strategies. So, you know, getting back to your question, Brad, can I reduce taxes on Social Security? Maybe. In particular, if we're fortunate enough to meet you in your 60s. It's not that for folks in the 70s and beyond we can't have an impact. It's just, uh, you know, it's better with time. Maybe it's like a fine wine or something. It's better or, or, oh, Brad's, or Brad's marriage, right? But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's better with time. So, yeah, geez. So, you know, I, I think for folks that we meet in their 60s, the concept, and I'm going to stay high level. I think it's difficult over the radio. It's easier when we can draw it out and show you visually. But the concept here is, over time, we reduce what your burden's going to be when it comes to required minimum distributions. How do we do that? Well, we can do that with Roth conversions, bracket bumping over time. With this new tax bill, maybe we can convert over and maintain a low tax bracket. Now we get that money growing tax-free, coming out income tax-free. Or if passing money on is an important, great way to pass money on income tax-free to beneficiaries, right? Or maybe early on you are delaying Social Security, don't have a pension, so on paper you're in a very low income tax bracket, and we use that 401k IRA earlier in your 60s to supplement income. Again, because we're in a low bracket, we'll take that money out at a low income tax rate, thereby reducing our RMD amount because our balances are smaller by then. Remember, Roths are not subject to required minimum distribution. I mean, if you think of the evil genius that created the tax code, Maybe you follow Brad's advice. You said at 8% growth, if I delay Social Security till 70, sounds fantastic. So you do that. So now you got this couple thousand dollar a month new income that's potentially taxable. And then at 70 and a half, you get hit in the head with a frying pan. You have to take out your required minimum distributions, which, by the way, is also taxable. Mm -hmm. Right? So now they do the formula, and you have to withhold even more, you know, more of your Social Security is included for taxation. So if we can reduce that formula... You get to keep more of your Social Security. That means I don't have to take as much out of the nest egg. Money lasts a lot longer. Just so to lower how much is taxed at that 85 percentile, right? That's right. Yeah, we just have to lower that uh, output of that MAGI or modified adjusted gross income or, as you mentioned, provisional income. So it's just a matter of thinking these things ahead of time. I know listening to it, it may sound complex, but you know I think that's why having an income plan and really thinking about taxes, it's a big missing piece from a lot of folks retirement plan it's just a piece that i see people are overlooking and it's a huge opportunity you're listening to the retirement ready show on wtmj walking you through your retirement plan here's more of retirement ready with tony drake on wtmj welcome back and thank you for spending a little bit of your saturday afternoon with us this is the retirement ready show on wtmj I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake and Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. And we got Brad Allen here today, and we're talking about a recent poll. About 2,500 people were asked, uh, you know, I'd argue, Brad, some pretty basic retirement plan uh, questions, and only 2% passed the test. So, hoping to help educate some people on, on some of the topics today. And one of the questions I found interesting, a little bit fun, but what does IRA stand for, Brad? So an IRA is an individual retirement account. So 401ks, IRAs are, are primary types of accounts that offer tax breaks for workers saving for retirement. Or so, may, may, maybe your wife Amanda would say what, what, what's uh, mine is mine and what, what's Brad's is mine. That's right. <laughs> I'm teasing. Individual <laughs> retirement account. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. So a traditional IRA is similar to a traditional 401k. Your contributions are, are not taxed as you put the money in, but your withdrawals are taxed. Anything you take out in retirement will be taxed. Uh, a Roth IRA works the opposite when it comes to taxes. 
So your, your contributions are taxed up front, but then when you take money out down the road, uh, it's tax-free and, and it grows tax-free. So it can be really beneficial in the long run. So you can uh, use the analogy of a, a farmer when considering the difference between a traditional and a Roth IRA. In a Roth IRA, you're paying taxes on the seed that you're planting. Uh, in a traditional IRA, you're taxed on the harvest. There is no one-size-fits-all answer as to which IRA is right for you, but you can also invest in in both to give yourself that that diversification, you know. And uh, usually, I say when when you're first starting out working, you're in a very low tax bracket. You know, not, not not making as much money at that point. So that's a good time to start a Roth and put money into a Roth. And some years down the road, you might have to put money into an IRA to get money off the table for taxes. So you just want to play it year by year and see where you're at. And you brought up the Roth. Now, the Roth allows tax-free withdrawals, correct? Yeah. So anything you take out, you're not paying any taxes on it. That can be a huge benefit. Nobody's ever complained about tax-free income in retirement. Yeah, and we covered this topic earlier. So if you're paying attention, you know the answer is yes, you can take that out income tax-free because you pay taxes on contribution. Again, that was the seed. You do not pay taxes on the withdrawals to harvest later. So there are a few qualifications if you're at least 59 and a half years old and the account has been open for five years or more, you can withdraw as much as you want income tax-free. Now, if you don't meet those qualifications, you can withdraw your contributions without penalties, but not the earnings. Now, there are some exemptions to that rule for first-time home buyers and college students. You may want to consider shifting the money from a traditional IRA or maybe your previous 401k into a Roth IRA. That's what we talked about that earlier, Roth conversions or bracket bumping. Downside, you have to pay the taxes on it now, but then it starts to grow tax-free, comes out tax-free. But again, the big caveat to that is then it's not counted for a requirement of distributions at 70.5. So the income from the RMD, because it's smaller or eliminated, doesn't count towards your provisional income, which means what? Again, I know we're being a little repetitive, but again, I get to keep more of my Social Security. So all the pieces of the puzzle start to weave together. So then it becomes a story where we can say, yes, this all makes a whole lot of sense. I don't have to pay as much in taxes, so now I can start to take out a smaller percentage. Yeah, and, and right now, if you think about it, with the, with the new tax changes that they've made, taxes are technically you know on sale right now. The the 15% bracket's now the 12, the 25 is now the 22, so it might make more sense to do conversions now while we have these lower tax brackets because we know down the road taxes will go back up. Yeah, they definitely will. And that, that's the topic we're going to be talking about in September. I know a couple of people have emailed. I'm so sorry, but the August classes are filling up. I, I hope people take this to heart because people get uh, frustrated every month. But if you're interested in coming out in September, I'd really, I know it's a few weeks out, but I really encourage you to register now because they will fill up. Yeah, we're going to be out in Delafield at the Water Street Brewery on September 12th and 13th. Um, we're going to be talking specifically about that required minimum distributions. Maybe you didn't plan ahead, and now that seventy and a half is facing you. Is there some ways to minimize and control that? The answer is yes. We're going to teach you some methods on how to control that. And you know, another big question we give Brad is, I don't want to take it. Maybe I don't need the income. I certainly don't want the taxable income. So, is there a way to minimize or reduce that? And the answer is yes. We'll walk you through that. Also, Social Security of the five hundred different ways. How do I? kind of sort through that fog, figure out what's going to be best for me and my family and what we're trying to accomplish. And as you mentioned, this new tax code, in 2025, 
the individual tax cuts expire. So if nothing's done between now and then, they automatically go back to the old rate. So maybe one way to look at it is taxes are on sale for a period of time. Is there a way I can take advantage of that and do some things to really affect the longevity of my portfolio and the tax consequences of my portfolio? So you can register for those classes right at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealth wisconsin.com or you can call the office monday through friday at 414-409-7226 that's 414-409-7226 thanks for joining us you're listening to the retirement ready show on wtmj the proceeding was a paid program advice and opinions expressed during retirement ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of drake and associates and not wtmj radio or scripps media incorporated